0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, and today we're going to have a discussion about off-highway diagnostics. So, off-highway, we'll define what that is. And if you're on YouTube, you're going to be seeing some slides that come up here. If you're on audio only, don't worry about it. I'm going to walk you through everything as we go through this. So, most of you already know me. As I said at the beginning, I'm the founder and CEO of Diesel Laptops, I've been around trucks forever. I can tell you I'm a complete idiot when it comes to off-highway diagnostics. So the good news is a lot of the research and slides and information was helped put together by one of our employees, Travis Roberts. I don't think we've actually had him on any of the episodes, but you've definitely seen him if you come to some of our training classes or if you've watched some of our YouTube videos. So Travis came with us. He's our off-highway product manager and he really knows this area very well. He has hooked by this point up to thousands and thousands of off-highway equipment and he really knows uh, that area very well. And again, if you don't know Diesel Laptops, um, you know we are a company six years ago in my garage dining room table. We now have over 190 employees. We've sold over 25,000 laptop kits. We're headquartered here in South Carolina. And if you hadn't heard, we just opened another facility in Chicago. And we had a previous one we opened up last year in Dallas. So we're kind of going international here. But let's just talk about the difference, first of all, between truck and off highway. So truck, we're talking the commercial trucks, off highway, I'm talking about anything with a diesel engine that isn't allowed to legally drive down the road. So farming equipment, excavators, bobcats, uh, anything that moves dirt, generators. You go to the airport, those little chuggers that come around and have your luggage on them and bring it to the airplane, those are running diesel. Uh, So there's a lot of diesel around in the world. There's actually more off highway diesel engines than there are on highway diesel engines. Um, But I I think it's important to talk about the difference here because I think a lot of people, when you take a step back and you think about it, you know for automotive that there are plenty of diagnostic tool options available for you, right? You can go to Napa, AutoZone, O'Reilly's, Amazon and buy a little 30, $20 code reader that pairs with your phone. And that's what's really expected there. And there's a ton of options for diagnostic tools. Then you look at truck. Truck, you know, it's a smaller market segment. There's a little more complexity here that we're gonna get into with diagnostic connectors and different brands and vertical versus non-vertical integration. Uh, but then you get into off-highway. So off-highway is even more complex. There are literally hundreds of equipment manufacturers that are out there for off-highway equipment. When you start thinking about all the little pieces that go into it, our team was just at the rental, the ARA event, uh, rental association event out in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago. And it is just amazing when you go through all the booths or you're, you're there or just, just go on their website, how many different manufacturers there are for all these different specific applications that are using diesel engines. So where I want to start the conversation off is really explaining part of the problem here and the complexity with off-highway. Because where this conversation is going to lead to is people are usually shocked to learn There are actually multi-brand diagnostic tools that will connect to virtually every piece of off-highway equipment with a diesel engine and do dealer-level diagnostics with no required annual fees. When I say that, people don't believe that. But when I say that with truck, people are pretty much there and understand that. They say automotive, like, yeah, no kidding. We know those things exist. So there's a lot of differences going on here. Um, you know, you look at the complexity automotive, there's literally over 200 different computers on some of these automotive vehicles that are coming out of the factories now. And what they've done is they started putting microchips into each individual component. So for example, if you have a brand new car and your window switch stops working, so you go buy a new switch and you install it, it doesn't work. You have to do a programming event in order to program it because that little door switch all of a sudden became its own computer. Uh, you look at what happened in commercial trucks. It wasn't long ago we had maybe three different computers on a vehicle. We had an engine, transmission, ABS, maybe a cab controller, so maybe four. Uh, now, with the newer trucks coming out, especially the Volvo and Cascadia leading the charge, you're finding out that there's a lot more computers on these vehicles. The Volvo has uh, you know, up to 20, 20-ish different computers on those things. And then you compare that to off-highway equipment. And off highway equipment is actually somewhere between automotive and, and, and truck. Um, they don't have quite as many. Uh, as automotive, but they don't have as few as truck. And a lot of what's happening there is all the futuristic stuff coming to truck and automotive is already happening with agriculture, for example, or earth moving, where they can do GPS and drive themselves and robots driving these things around fields instead of humans. And uh, machines are able to dig holes without actually having somebody manually doing it. It's all programmed and controlled. So there's, there's things that are happening there. So there's some complexity there. The other thing that makes a big difference is automotive is vertically integrated. So when you buy a Toyota Camry, it's a Toyota ABS system. It's a Toyota engine, a Toyota transmission, Toyota cab controllers, all these things. As you know, trucks are not that way. I can buy a Freightliner, or let's use an International Prostar. It could have an Eaton or an Allison transmission. It could have a Bendix or Wabco ABS. It could have a A26 engine, or it could have a Cummins engine. So there had to be a little bit of working going on here. So Where all this leads to is with automotive, the government really has some mandates, they got some standard protocols, and there's a lot of vertical integration. The trucking off highway, there's no actual law that says these guys all have to use the same protocols and same connectors. It's just that the industry came together and said, we need to do this in order for this to work. And you can say, thank you, TMC, if you're aware of who TMC is, as one of the bigger driving forces to make that happen. Uh, And then you have the off highway equipment world. So the off highway equipment world, again, no, no government or legalities, Uh, but no one's really working together. Uh, There's not a lot of cross-pollination that goes on with someone buying all these different components like trucks, and they don't have economies of scale like they do with automotive. So it's quite often, and we'll we'll talk about some examples with off-highway, but literally just know this. Automotive, there's one connector typically in the dash, an OBD2. Commercial trucks, there's three or four. Uh, Off-highway, there's over 60 different physical connectors. Um, so it creates a lot more complexity in the marketplace, which has really prevented these tools from from really coming on. So some examples here. If I go buy a John Deere excavator, one of the bigger ones, it is pretty much John Deere through and through. It's their hydraulic system. It's their cab controller. It's their engine. It's their transmission or track controls. It's all theirs. And Caterpillar can say the same thing most of the most of the times. And we we'll gonna talk about that in a second but then let's go compare it to something like a Kubota. A Kubota, you could have a Yanmar engine or a Doosan engine or Bobcat could call it a Bobcat engine, but it's really a Doosan engine. So even a small machine like that, depending on the year and the emission tier level, could have a different engine in it. And you can take another example with Hitachi with their excavators. So those engines could be Zuzu, it could be Hitachi. um, It could be a Zuzu engine with Hitachi protocols on it, but the machine side also has computers which are Hitachi for the GPS display and other componentry. So what all that means is you end up with a lot of different things on these on off highway pieces of equipment. A lot of these equipment builders, what they do is they don't build the transmission and hydraulic systems and some of these other systems. They buy those from other people and then they put the iron around them to put their product to market. So think of it a lot like a desktop PC. You can go buy a Dell PC, but the CPU is probably, the computer chip is probably from Intel uh, or AMD. You have a video card that's probably Nvidia or AMD or one of those other guys. You have the RAM that's made by somebody, the hard drive by somebody else, and so on and so on. Um, and that's a lot of how off-highway equipment is built. It says Dell on the outside, but it's a lot of other componentry on the inside of it. Um, and thus the same as this. Going back to cable options, again, if you're watching the video portion of this, Commercial truck. You, if you work on trucks, you already know this. They either have a nine pin, that's been the standard one forever. Uh, it has a six pin if it's something from the early two thousands and older, or it has an OBD two port if you're a Ford, Chevy, and Dodge, uh, Hino, Isuzu, Mitsubishi, Fuso. Um, but if you're a Volvo, you also have the HD OBD two. But for the at the end of the day, there's really two form factors of diagnostic cables in today's commercial trucks that are being put in off highway. There's, there's literally 60 different ones. Um, and not only that, but that cable that you need could be different depending on what year or what model equipment you're working on for that manufacturer. So it is a little more complex and a little more difficult to get through. One of the big challenges with this is in the uh, truck world, you can buy one physical RP-1210 device, they call them the data link that goes between the truck and your, your laptop. And that one data link will work on pretty much all software. And they're all designed that way. There was an agreement that came again from TMC and RP-1210 as a TMC uh, recommended practice. So everyone said, yep, we're going to do that. Uh, In the off-highway world, all these people that made their own software, so CAT, for example, they made their own software, but they said, our software is only going to work with our physical adapter. Well, John Deere, they made software and said, it's only going to work with our adapter. JCB, they made software and said, it's only going to work with our adapter. So I think you can see where I'm going with this is if you went out to market and said, man, I want to work on as much off-highway equipment as possible. You literally need to purchase the off-highway adapter for every single one of those things that you're working on. And it can get very expensive. So just say, I want to do Cat, Volvo, Deer, Case, New Holland, JCB, Cummins, Deutsch, FPT, uh, all the Kuboto, all these common ones you'd be spending over $20,000 just buying the physical hardware to do it. And the problem is, is you need the software to go with it as well. And most of those software manufacturers do not sell their software to customers or they sell watered down versions. So a lot of times people are trying to find pirated bootleg software. Uh, They're trying to beg their dealer to get it. So at the end of the day, let's just say this. If you want to work on all make all brands off highway equipment, it's gonna be really expensive. You're, you're gonna need it for 20, 30 grand in hardware, plus you're gonna to have to go find and source a bunch of software, which in itself is its own challenge. Even if you said, I only wanna do CAT, the CAT adapter is still $1,300. And now I gotta go get the CAT software, which is gonna cost me a couple thousand dollars a year if the CAT dealer will even sell it to you, which by the way, most times they will not. So it's a very expensive, hard thing for people to do. And what we need to talk about as well that comes in the conversation, is some of the manufacturers don't want you to actually do anything. So John Deere being the biggest one of them. If you go Google John Deere versus farmers or John Deere right to repair, you'll see all kinds of headlines and articles of what's going on here. And I think I get sent uh, at least once every couple months, somebody that knows me sends me an article that pops up in a magazine somewhere about farmers getting upset and hacking their tractors with software and finding pirated software and, and doing all these things. Um, And basically it's a bad situation the farmers get into. They're buying some great equipment. John Deere makes great equipment, there's no doubt, but they are not the most customer-focused friendly when it comes down to the repair side and allowing customers to fix their own stuff. John Deere's stance is, hey, they're gonna tamper with their emissions and do things. Side note, John Deere, people are already doing that. They don't need your software to do those things. Actually, your software can't do those things. So I'm not sure what the argument is there. Uh, but essentially, John Deere is thrown a lot of money at it, uh, along with some other companies. They have lobbyist groups. They're all trying to fight right to repair. I really hope anyone reading this is pro right to repair and can do their part to kind of help keep getting that through. So truck versus off highway. Truck is easy when we go develop software. We can go out and rent a truck. We can go out and buy a truck. They're not too terribly expensive, and then we can go sell it again. They're they're easy. They're commodity good. Uh, they're like I said earlier. They're easy to to rent to lease. So it's easy to get access to commercial trucks. It is very hard to get access to five hundred thousand dollars pieces of equipment and finding someone that owns that equipment that's willing to let you go poke around in there on the data link and run commands and do tests and do things and not need access to their vehicle for days at a time that's a little bit harder to do. So that's some of the challenges that are there. So at the end of the day, it comes down to there's a lack of industry organization, a lack of government regulation. You have a ton of different variants out there on these pieces of equipment. Uh, It's expensive and time consuming even if you can get access to the equipment. OEMs refuse to sell the software and you need proprietary tools. So even with all that said, Uh, there's still great tools that exist that do what we said at the top of this podcast. So we'll get into that for a second. But I want to walk into some of the other complexity and that that usually comes down to where to connect. So at Diesel Laptops, this is one of the most common problems we have is customers, they buy a tool, they say, what cable do I need and where do I connect it and how do I get the diagnostics to work? And it sounds really simple if you work in the automotive or the HD industry for commercial trucks, because it's all pretty consistent. In this world, it's not. So for example, a Bobcat T630, there's actually two connectors. They're right next to each other. One's for the engine, one's for the machine. Are they labeled? Of course not. How would you know which one? It's really hard unless you really know what you're doing uh, and have worked on these things before. Uh, a Kubota SVL skid steer, same thing uh, in different aspect. There's is hidden under the armrest. So you have to raise your armrest up and then there's a connector in there that you have to disconnect. It's plugged into something else and then plug your tool in in order to find that connector. Uh, extreme telehandlers. There's are by the, uh, there's a where your foot control pedals are. The, above that, there's a panel. And sometimes these panels are locked. Sometimes they don't appear obvious on how to open them. Sometimes they're even screwed shut. But in there, in a cable somewhere, laying around is usually the diagnostic cable that you pull out and, and kind of grab and hook your diagnostic tool up to. Uh, A Kuboto M108, so a different Kuboto. Um, Their diagnostic port, fairly easy to find. However, if that's all you do is just plug your diagnostic tool in, it's not going to work. There's a resistor hidden behind the air cleaner housing that you have to unplug in order for the diagnostics to actually even work once you're connected to the vehicle. Wacker Generators is another one. So Wacker Generators, they have a standard looking OBD2 plug uh, that looks just like the one you'd find an automotive or a Volvo or a Hino or a Ford. And you plug it in and what people will find out is it won't work. Uh, it won't work because typically when you plug a diagnostic tool into the diagnostic port, some of those wires leading to that diagnostic connector actually have power ran to them. And in this case, Wacker did not run power to the diagnostic cable, thus it won't power up your tool you're using. So you have to use an auxiliary power supply and auxiliary cables, both of which come with the high-end kits that we do sell here at Diesel Laptops, by the way. So one more example here is a ham uh, roller uh, used on asphalt with a uh, Dutz engine. So in this case, there's a control panel kind of hidden underneath the driver's entrance on the exterior that you have to open up and, and be able to find to know what to go in there. And we'll talk about a JCB as well. They have a standard nine pin. So everyone's like, oh, easy peasy. There's a nine pin. I'm going to plug it in. It's going to work. My tool power's up. We get phone calls. Hey, how come your tool's not working? It's not pulling any diagnostics. What's going on? Well, Because JCB chose to have a little three-pin connector behind the dash. You have to toggle it back and forth to go between engine diagnostics or hydraulic diagnostics. So depending on which way that toggle is, you get different information coming out of the diagnostic port. So that's kind of just a quick overview on some of the confusion that you see out there with uh, just the physical connection and getting these pieces of equipment into diagnostic mode. And there's other cases, too, where you have to, I have jet skis, uh, and I hooked a diagnostic tool up to the jet ski, and it didn't work. And I actually had to bump the uh, start button, and that that energized the ECU, and I was able to do my diagnostics again. So that stuff does exist as well when it comes to generators and other uh, stationary diesel engines that you see in our world. So... So that's all that. Let's just talk about confusion as well. So if you've ever talked to someone that owns a Komatsu, they'll probably say, hey, I got a Komatsu. What engine do you have? Oh, it's a it's a Komatsu engine. Well, no, 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 it's not. The vast majority of them are actually Cummins engines that are inside them and just been rebranded or sold and say, hey, it's an all Komatsu engine. I started at the top and I, I kind of lied to you. I said, hey, if it's a cat, it's all cat. Uh, nope, not not really. A cat's C3.3 and a 3.4 those are not CAD engines. The 3.3 is really bo- built by Kubota. And the 3.4 is really built by FPT, which is owned by Aveco. So we'll, and again, on the videos, we'll show some screenshots of that as well. Um, Bobcat, people are always like, oh, it's a Bobcat, Bobcat engine. No, 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 tier three and older. It's actually a Kubota engine. Um, you'll see John Deere actually using FPT engines and some of the models of the agriculture equipment. And I know you might be thinking too, Why are these big manufacturers just not building their own engines? Well, because it comes down to time and money. And a lot of times they don't have the population density to be able to sell enough of these things to justify all the time and energy and money it costs to go design and build an engine, support an engine, train people and and do those things. Um, And some manufacturers use multiple engines. So Takeuchi, uh, you could find one of three different engines in some of their equipment, a Cummins, a Yanmar or a Kubota, depending on the year, uh, depending on what's going on there. Uh, Doosan, they make equipment. Well, you could have a Cummins engine, a Scani engine, or a Doosan engine inside of that. And it could be dependent on year, could be dependent on model. Um, And same thing with JCB, they're using MTU, they're using JCB, and there's, who knows, maybe there's some others in there they use as well. So what I wanted to come away with this is just knowing there is a lot of rebranding that goes on with these engines. Um, and it happens in the truck world too. Uh, if you buy a Cummins PX engine in a uh, PACCAR product, that's actually a Cummins engine just rebranded as a PX. The MX is actually their own engine. So if you're watching the video, I just got a screenshot up here showing a yellow, beautiful, clean-looking Cat uh, C3.4 engine. Uh, however, as you can see in the screenshot, in small print in the lower left corner on the data tag, it clearly says this was manufactured by FPT Industrial in Italy. So that is the way that works. So how do we ease the confusion? Because it's not just customers that are confused. We were confused as well at Diesel Laptops, really in two regards. We have a tech support department uh, that has over about 50 people in it. And a lot of the calls we were getting is, hey, this won't connect, or what cable do I need to connect with? And what that tech support person would do is they would go find Travis. They'd slack him or email him or walk to his office. It's across the hall and say, hey, customer has this piece of equipment. What cable do I need? And Travis would say, oh, you need this cable. And this is how you put in diagnostic mode. Great. Our tech person would then go back to the customer. Problem solved. Uh, So he was getting that hammered by tech support. He had 20, 30, 40, 50 people in tech support at the time asking him questions all day long. And we had the other problem on the sales end. Customers were wanting to buy the tools, but they didn't know what cables they needed. And our salespeople didn't know what cables they needed. So they were going to Travis and Travis was telling them, hey, here's the cable you need. So all of a sudden, Travis, trying to do his regular job, is now playing subject matter expert, helping a lot of different people, probably upwards of 75, maybe even 90 people at one point, figuring out what cables they need. So we just said, Travis, we're going to make this something better we're gonna develop a tool on our website called the Cable Finder. We're gonna make it free for anyone. They can go on the website and they can easily select their make model and we'll show them what cables they need. We'll include videos, we'll include pictures, we'll include links to the actual cables so they can, they can buy them or they can see what they are. We'll do all those things. So the Cable Finder is a tool we released several months ago. It's been a great addition and we're constantly adding to it as we get pictures and videos and images of all these things to fill in everything. So let's talk about your diagnostic tool options because that's really what this episode comes down to is what's available, what can I do? And the one I want you to stay away from, uh, don't walk, run from any handheld readers. So if you see any diagnostic tool that's under $1,000 and it says, we do off highway, we do cat, we do John Deere, we do Bobcat, run, uh, run away. Don't walk, get away. They do not work. Uh, You are buying a paperweight and your first indicator should be when you're looking at that picture, that they don't have the right cable to hook to the piece of equipment that they're stating that they can do. So that's number one. Uh, What happens is is a lot of these are made overseas. People don't know what they're buying, what they're selling. They say they do things. The manufacturer says, oh, it works on CAT. And really it works on one CAT engine model um, for off highway uh, and and one that nobody cares about because it's a 25 year old engine. And they say it works with CAT. And all of a sudden people start putting a product out there saying this works with CAT off highway engines. So stay away from them all, we've bought them all, we've tried them all, they do not work. You are just wasting your money. Hopefully I do a little public service here and are able to help you with that regard. Another option for you from a step up is a program we sell that we own called PF Diagnose. So PF Diagnose, it's a software program, and this is a read-only program when it comes to off-highway. For, for on-highway, it does regens and some other things. But for, for off-highway, this is a read-only tool. And it only works with vehicles that use standard commercial truck protocols like J1939, J1708. And the vehicle has a standard 6-pin, 9-pin, or OBD2 connector. So you're probably asking, well, which vehicles are those? Good question. It's hard to put a list together. We've attempted to do it on our website. But I can tell you, for example, John Deere. So this tool will connect to a John Deere piece of equipment. It will read all the codes. It will read the sensors and allow you to do your basic troubleshooting. So you can also view live data. You can print reports. And depending on how you buy that tool, if you buy it software only, uh, or you buy a complete laptop kit that includes a bunch of other stuff, it ranges somewhere between a thousand bucks and twenty seven hundred dollars. And the other one I want you to be cautiously aware of is what I call the China import tools. So there's a lot of tools in this category: FCar, XTool, Topdon, Hotel, Launch. Um, can do. They'll say, Hey, we have these tools. They do off highway equipment. I I agree. These are better than the tools you find at that $500 level. They will do some things. Um, however, you will probably be sorely disappointed. Um, I'd be very careful buying one of these because unless you know specifically what equipment you're going to work on and you can validate with them before you buy it, that it works on those, I would not buy one. Uh, because I think you're going to find about 60% of the time it's going to work, 40% of the time it's not. Uh, They don't have all the cables. They don't have the newer stuff in there. It works better with the older equipment. You often have limited or no support. And when you are connected, there's limited functionality. Um, It's just a complicated big world to figure out this off-highway equipment diagnostics and protocols and connectors. And they've kind of worked on some of the bigger ones but there's just a lot of gaps in coverage that you're gonna find yourself. So just be aware of what you buy here. They're expensive um, and you know they're not the best tools in the world at the end of the day for the most part. So let's talk about the two best solutions that are on the market. So as we stay at the top of this, uh, what it really comes down to is you need a tool that can connect to virtually any off highway piece of equipment and do diagnostics on it. And you need the ability to connect to machine side and the engine side, transmission side, everything there. So these are the two companies. So first up, let's talk about Kajali. Kajali, they've been around since 1991. We are a Kajali dealer. Their main office in the U.S. is located in Miami, but they're over 90 countries. And Kajali does not just diagnostics, but they make hard parts. So they make cooling systems, fan controls, valves, servo clutches. They actually make ECUs, they make braking systems. Uh, they, do, they do a lot in the, in the whole world of uh, hard parts, but mainly for European trucks, not US-based. Um, and then you have uh, the diagnostic side of it. So their tool is called Jaltest. Uh, Jaltest is now, uh, thankfully they did this, now an optional annual license, it's no longer required. And they have four modules. They have an off-highway off highway split into two. They have an ag division, and they have a construction part of theirs that they do. Uh, but they also have a truck version of software and a marine. So this tool, it is dealer level. Uh, you'll find the functionality very, very good. So when I say dealer level, people are always like, well, what do you mean? What I mean is, yes, you can do DPF regens. You can program injectors. You can do a cylinder cutout tests. You can do valve tests, you can configure hydraulic systems. You can do quite a bit with these off-highway diagnostic tools and they do work on all the ECMs on those pieces of equipment. So people are always like, man, what does it cost for one of these things? It sounds great. Uh, They're not too terribly expensive when you think of it in relation to what you're able to do and how much money you can save with these. So for example, the agriculture only version is gonna cost you about $5,800. The construction version is gonna cost you about 7,300. If you back up to what we were just talking about with these tablet systems, the the China clones, as I call them, uh, those things are anywhere from three to five grand as themselves. So it's really not a huge step up, but with a lot more coverage. Uh, at the end of the day, to get a kit that does, uh, you know, truck and construction and ag and, and everything, you're talking ten grand. So depending on your functionality you need and the coverage you want, it's going to be somewhere between fifty eight hundred and ten thousand dollars. And you're going to have to buy some cables. We do include a you know a pretty decent starter set with it but we definitely do not include all all 63 cables. Uh, The other company is Texa. So again, if you're watching the YouTube video and you see this beautiful picture uh, on the left over there of Texas facility, uh, and you see this park out in front of it, that is not on the front of their facility, that is on the roof of their facility. So as anything Italian made and think about Italian made, you had Italian made shoes and purses and clothes, motorcycles, Ducatis, and uh, you have Lamborghinis and all these fancy cars. Uh, their diagnostic tools are are the same mindset. They are beautiful looking tools that are well designed and are going to stand up in a shop environment. They are a very successful company. Uh, I've been told we are Texas' largest distributor in the world, that we've sold well over 10,000 of these tools since we started doing this thing. Uh, And really what Texas does is tools for shop environments. They don't do parts. They do computer diagnostic tools. They do gas analyst systems. They have air conditioning stations. They have some timing tools. uh, But very good company, 700 plus employees, offices in over 10 countries. um, And they are the factory OEM tool for a lot of companies. So Ducati, if you have a Ducati motorcycle, the OEM, the dealers, they use Texas software. That is what they use, they built it for Ducati. So these guys know what they're doing. Um, In this case, they're very similar to Kajali. The functionality you're gonna find is is almost identical. Uh, The license never expires, which is great because you just made a big investment. Now you don't have to go spend money every year. It's optional if you wanna get updates and support. Uh, so it's great to have a consistent interface, no matter if you're hooked up to bike, truck, off-highway, marine, or auto. So all those licenses are are uh, open to you. Um, and again, this is by far one of the most popular kits that we sell. Uh, prices range anywhere from 8400 bucks to $9,500. But again, this tool will do what you need uh, for off-highway diagnostics, along with the Kajali tool. So everyone's always like, well, what's the difference then between Kajali and uh, Texa? And that is a very good question. And that line used to be a lot easier to answer a couple of years ago. It has now gotten a lot more difficult. So um, in general, uh, Kajali's a little bit better on agriculture and Texas a little bit better on construction. So there's some differences there, but they are so minute, you, you probably won't even notice the difference. Uh, but there are other some distinct advantages each of them have. For example, we find and customers find that Kajali software is a little bit easier to use. Kajali also does include some repair information with it as well. However, both kits come with all the information on diesel laptops, so it's kind of a moot point. The Kajali tool is an RP-1210 device, which means you can use that same piece of hardware between the truck and the laptop to connect with your, say, Cummins Insight software or your International Service Max software. Any of these these PC-based truck diagnostic software programs work with their hardware as well. Texas does not. But I've been told when their new multi-hub comes out uh, next year, it will as well. Texas is going to be a little bit less expensive than Kajali uh, in that regard. Um, and, but at the end of the day, they are both great, great, great products. Uh, both of them now have optional annual fees. Kajali, uh, they have their kind of updates are consistent three times a year. We can tell you to the day uh, of 2022 when those are going to be out. Texas seem to be a little bit more random, but they may do more than three updates a year, and they do a lot of small patches in between as well. So both good companies. We represent both. Uh, and really, there is nobody else when it comes to off-highway diagnostics. Uh, and that's the, really the truth of the matter. If you're working on off-highway, it's Texer or Kajali. And what we want you to understand, though, is laptops are just one piece of the puzzle. In our minds at Diesel Laptops, in order to do the correct diagnostics. You really need a couple other pieces. You need access to support both IT pros and diesel techs. You need access to parts information. You need access to repair information. And you need access to training both on how to use the software and how to actually fix things. And that's really where Diesel Laptops comes in. So if you're a customer of Diesel Laptops and you buy one of these tools, the one thing you get with us that you don't get with anybody else, there's just a couple of things. So the first one is you get access to Diesel Repair. Diesel Repair is a website, It's also a mobile app for it, that you can actually look up all of your fault code repair information for your off-highway equipment. We do constant database updates, Um, it's a paid module, usually customers have to pay well over $1,000 a year to get access to that repair information for the equipment codes. Ours comes with it for free, so you get that when you buy one tool from Diesel Laptops. Uh, not only that, but that website's a freemium model. So all your truck stuff's in there as well. So if you're looking for information on fault codes, recalls, technical service bulletins, replacement replace instructions, torque specs, maintenance intervals, component locators, VIN decoders, labor time guides, symptom-based troubleshooting, all those pieces that you need for commercial truck are on that platform as well. Um, and we really encourage you to check it out. Just head to repair.diesellaptops.com. The other thing we do that nobody else does is we offer training. And as I stated earlier, it's not just training on how to use software. We do that free live and on demand uh, all the time. That's available on training.diesellaptops.com. But when you do business with diesel laptops, the other thing you get is you get vouchers to come to our hands-on courses for free. So we have our facility in South Carolina. We have a facility in Dallas, Texas. We just opened one up in Chicago, Illinois area. And we're still got the eyes on the future. So training classes are going on there. And we have our training curriculum syndicated throughout the United States as well. Uh, California, Washington, Oregon, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Florida, uh, Kansas City. We, We are in those locations offering our training courses. So the other thing you get with us that people really don't provide is technical support. And our technical support's not like what you'd expect from somebody else our technical support, we have over 50 employees there now. About half of them are diesel techs and half are IT pros. So whether you call in and say, I have a problem with our software or I have help, I don't know how to fix this truck. I got no codes. I got a thousand codes. Help me, help me, help me. That's what our diesel techs are there to do. They come out of dealerships. They come out of distributors. They come from aftermarket. These are people that understand how to fix things that are very, very smart at what they do. And they're there to help you. It is simple as just chatting with us on the computer or picking up the phone to make a phone call. You get that for free when you work with diesel laptops. So that's kind of the overview of off-highway diagnostics. If you come away with anything, just know this. To do off-highway diagnostics, it is possible to do. There are very great tools. We have clients, we have some clients that have bought hundreds and we have one client that's bought over a thousand. They wouldn't be doing that if they didn't work, all right? They do work. They're great tools. They keep getting better and better with every single update. So we really appreciate your time. Hopefully you learned a little bit something about off-highway diagnostics. It's a big market out there. There's more off-highway diesel engines than on-highway. Just gotta go find how to get that market and how to get that business. And it all starts with doing diagnostics done right. And to do that, you gotta have the right tools. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode.